This is BWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Welcome to our podcast series. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, t- this is a changing season. Uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the middle of spring. In the Southern Hemisphere, it's fall. And uh, with the change of seasons also comes the change in our outdoor activities. It's an exciting time because those of you in the Southern Hemisphere who are now getting ready for your winter sports, you're planning and getting everything all geared up for that. And if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you're getting ready for your outdoor activities such as hiking and more climbing and trekking. These are exciting times, and so this podcast today is going to be devoted to getting ready. In general, there's a couple of things you can do, whether you're going to go uh, in uh, winter sports or whether you're going to do summer sports. There's a couple of things you should put on your list. Now, uh, whether you're a medical professional, whether you're um, everything from a physician or a nurse or uh, an EMT, or whether you are the leader of the group of your family, friends, there's a couple of things you need to know, and that is most of your outdoor activities should be scheduled in the daylight. Now, that is an interesting time because as you go from one season to the next, the time of day that is light is going to change. So make sure that you are aware of that. And also, this time of year, the the time actual uh, on your watch changes. Uh, so be careful with that. And then uh, more important or certainly as important is uh, check the weather and make sure you go because sudden storms are very, very uh, uh, common, especially if you go up into the mountains where uh, a pressure system will change and hit those mountains and a lot of water and or snow can be dropped without warning. And you could also get into these thunderstorms where lightning is going to be a huge problem. Just be careful with that. We also suggest that you know uh, your limits before you go, but you also have to be careful with the the limits of the people that are going with you. A lot of people will not want to talk about their limits, uh, just assume that their limits are going to be the same as everyone else. So if you're the group leader or the medical person, just make sure that the the, uh, person who has uh, limits beyond that with the greatest uh, is taken care of. This happens a lot if you go on group hikes because a lot of times people who like to hike and are good at it will zoom ahead where people who aren't good at it will range behind. So you need to uh, make sure that, and the same thing with skiing, uh, that uh, people are taken care of who aren't as good as the fastest people. Uh, you want to make sure you have a lot of water. And remember that uh, even in the cold, water is important. Uh, uh, try not to drink standing water. If you have to do an emergency, you'll need to, but make sure you have a water source. So if you're going hiking and you start and it's in the northern hemisphere, the days are getting longer and you're going to go on a long hike, make sure you have enough water and or that you know a source of water in the mountain uh, that you can get to. Standing water is going to be bad water. Now there's, what about spring water? Well, you can check with guidelines in the area, but uh, we recommend you take at least one source if you're going to drink spring water, one source of treatment, but it's always better uh, to have two or even more when you do that. And the other thing is uh, when you go on a hike particularly, is make sure your shoes are good. Uh, So many times you go out and 
you invite people to go, but they're going out in their running shoes or they're going out in really bad shoes. They just can't afford them. So you may have to lend them or uh, help them to get shoes that are appropriate for that. Now, one thing uh, on long day hikes particularly is uh, you will often find yourself not having enough uh, time. Or what will happen is you're going to uh, go on a, uh, say you're going to summit a peak or you're going to go to a certain place and then you get way out there and you think, you know, let's just go to the next lake. And it took longer or maybe there were some problems and then it starts to get dark. Well, you could find your way back if you had a compass and or a, a GPS, but the problem may be that it's dark. So on your treks or on your hikes, just remember to take a flashlight uh, with you. And you should also take a... Uh, a uh, fully charged cell phone. Sometimes the cell phones won't work, but they can pick up uh, GPS coordinates. Don't always rely on that, but to have a cell phone, especially if you uh, get into trouble and get up on a hill, you might be able to catch a, a, a repeater with you. Um, the other thing about going to the backcountry uh, is uh, go with other people. There's always going to be safety in uh, numbers because if someone is injured, then the next person can uh, help them out. Sometimes you want to go hiking or uh, snowshoeing and you want to go alone uh, just to enjoy the silence. Make sure you let people know. There is a lot of data and a lot of issues out there, uh, where uh, uh, numbers out there where people have become lost and stranded and they don't know where they are at. Now this can happen a lot with uh, young people who uh, have more bravado or with seniors who go on a trek and they may overestimate their ability to find their way back and to get back in time. So uh, watch for people and make sure that you know where people are going and you know uh, that let people know where you're going in case uh, trouble happens. Um, uh, make sure you have enough sugar. Uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, discussion or podcasts about how much sugar you should be eating. But that is one of the biggest problems, especially if you're going to altitude or carrying a pack, is people don't eat enough sugar. And you need to be eating hundreds of calories, uh, big C calories, an hour if you are doing strenuous hiking. And uh, when you are in the backpacking or hiking, it is no time to diet. You need sugar and you need uh, uh, quite a bit of it. You should have a small first aid kit. And what that means is, even if you're in the snow or, or you're hiking, you should have something to manage the simple common problems. For example, blisters or um, a tick or um, uh, uh, something, a burn that would happen while you're out on a day trek. Um, and make sure you've got that. And you, it, can, it doesn't have to be much, but it just has to be something that will allow you. So look at the common things that could happen on the trek you're doing, the hike or where you're going. Things like ibuprofen, uh, uh, or uh, Tylenol, something that would help you manage pain. Uh, and if you know that somebody has a disease such as uh, asthma or diabetes, make sure they have enough of their medicines when they go. Just ask, have you got some rescue inhaler? Because when people go on the back country, they get stressed, and also they will have problems with uh, being exposed to new allergens. So if they do have allergies, asthma, or problems with diabetes or other problems, just make sure that they're going to uh, um, uh, be covered. And uh, if, they, if you need to carry medicines for them, uh, then uh, you certainly can. 
Uh, it's always advisable to carry a whistle. Whistles are a really good way of, uh, if you get lost, you can start blowing it. And you think, well, I, we're going to stay in a trail. But what happens is people will wander off the trail to go to the bathroom or to just look at something, and then they get disoriented, and then they can't find themselves. So when we go out, we always pass out whistles, especially in the younger people who we think might uh, get lost so that they can blow a, a, a whistle. If you are trekking, beware of altitude changes. If you're going up really fast, altitude illness can be a problem. And, and watch out for headache and nausea. Those are the first signs of uh, the brain swelling and cerebral edema. And uh, uh, if you're starting having shortness of breath with frothy sputum, you might be developing hate. Uh, and that means to go down. If somebody is getting any hint of altitude illness, just turn around and go back and hike another day. There's so many stories where people just say, well, we'll wait till morning. And then they get really sick. They can't make it. And some people die with that. So just be aware of altitude changes and it can be subtle. And some people may not be able to hike uh, even short five, six, eight hundred feet elevation change. Say, we're just going to go to a lake, just only a couple mile hike. But it might be a thousand or two thousand feet up and they not, may not be able to make it. So be uh, very mindful of that. Um, you also want to be very mindful of the surroundings you're in. Like in the snow, could it be uh, possible that you're going to get an avalanche? Um, or are you going to be around bears? Or are you going to be around snakes? Now, if uh, the country that you're hiking in or if the area you're hiking does not have those things, like doesn't have bears or cats, you know, the large cats or uh, uh, snakes, uh, then you're better, then you don't need to be worried. But in most countries of the world, we're seeing a lot of that uh, happening. Um, uh, if you need help, make sure you know how to reach the local search and rescue or emergency services so that uh, uh, you can uh, get the help that you need. And that means if you have a cell phone that can can get uh, help in the area you're at, but maybe you're in the mountains or a valley where that you won't get to a responder where uh, that will help. And um, before you get up, make sure you're conditioned. A lot of people will, say, in the northern hemisphere, sit through the winter and then they get out for the hikes. Or if they're uh, sitting in the southern hemisphere in the summer, then they go out for the ski and they're not ready. So warm up, that is walk or run or start doing uh, weights or the things that you know that will help you. Start, start low and work into it. There's so many problems with people who are having difficulty uh, uh, because they aren't in shape and they go too fast and too strong. Be aware of that and warm up before you go. A very good piece of advice. When we go outside, of course, we're subjected to weather and to the experiences of weather and things that are a result of that. And that means just about anything you uh, want it to mean. And you have to think of the sport the outdoor activity that you're going to be involved with. Where are most people at risk and where are most people being killed or died, uh, mainly because of weather? If you uh, uh, go back over 30 years and you look at uh, the number one uh, leading cause of death in outdoor activities caused by weather, it is by far heat uh, has been uh, uh, number one. Um, and over a 30-year period, it's pretty high. But if you look at the last 10-year average, it is also uh, rules as the number one uh, uh, cause of outdoor-related deaths related to weather. Surprisingly to a lot of people, uh, the second most common cause of death over a 30-year period, even a 10-year period, has been flash floods. 
And it isn't necessarily that you're in a slot canyon. A lot of it becomes uh, comes from the fact that you're in a car. People will be jeeping or, or, or four-wheeling, they say, in a just in a wash. And without knowing, a, a flash flood will come down and will float uh, the car and tip it. And um, there's a lot of videos that you can see. There's a lot of stories where people are in uh, popular national parks or in places that are, um, you know, a lot of people. But the uh, thunderstorm will hit and water comes and their car will be floated uh, away, uh, creating problems. Uh, after that, it's uh, there's a number of things that happen. Um, uh, if you look at uh, uh, heat related and then flood related, then after that, it, it, it over a 30 year period, it is cold, hypothermia. So if you're doing sports outdoors where it's cold, hypothermia then becomes the, the most. But that is about a, uh, about a third as much as heat related. After that, uh, you get into some things such as, uh, uh, and with hypothermia, of course, comes the winter related activities. And then you get the real monstrous things like tornadoes uh, uh, that uh, can come uh, come along with and with wind. Uh, and if you do ocean, uh, rip currents is also there uh, about the same level on a 30-year uh, activity, uh, uh, about the same. But if uh, let's look at hiking for just a minute because hiking uh, has just become insanely popular. Much of the outdoor activities that uh, we participate in is hiking. And people have discovered hiking. And I'm going to, uh, first of all, just quote uh, some numbers from the United States of America. But it's indicative of all over the world in hiking. And uh, uh, that is, in the United States, in uh, 2006, there were just shy of about 30 million active hikers in the, in the hiking season. By the year 2020, that number had just about doubled to 60 uh, million people going out. And so that, that tells you that you have to uh, you know, just be absolutely very aware of the fact that a lot of people are going hiking, and you're going to be taking people hiking. You're going to go with people hiking. Make sure your feet are in good shape. Uh, make sure that um, not only that your feet are, that your gear is in, in good shape, and that you've got good shoes, that you're uh, watching for blisters, and that you're getting enough calories and water, and knowing where you're going to look for animals or slides so that you uh, will be uh, uh, careful with that. That becomes a big, uh, uh, you know, a pretty big problem, actually. So um, uh, uh, one of the big causes of death are, uh, are of course, unintentional. Like, uh, number one in outdoor activities uh, is drowning. That is where we see most of the problem in falls. And in falls, it doesn't necessarily have to be from climbers, just people going near a cliff, taking a photograph, and they have poor vision, either they're older or their glasses, and they'll get near to the edge, and a rock will slip, and they go. So um, that's a really big problem. But then if you look at other uh, reasons for injury or problems or even death, it's medical condition, heart attack while engaged in a physical activity like hiking or biking or skiing, uh, where somebody uh, is unaware of the fact that they have uh, medical problems. Then, then there's uh, diabetes and asthma and other known medical problems that aren't well controlled, and that can cause uh, a lot of sickness and death. Uh, but drowning is really uh, uh, right up there. And, and the injuries and the um, uh, death from hiking and, and doing that kind of thing has uh, really uh, in, uh, increased worldwide. If you look by age, the number 
of hikers who die, it, the average age is, is really quite young, about 45. But that is, shouldn't be surprising because it's a younger age group that is going out now. And uh, but, uh, but then if you look at actual deaths, it's people over 65 who have uh, medical uh, 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 problems that can uh, uh, create for that. But if you look at all comers in outdoor activities, it, it's uh, in like national areas where people go out, they could be drowning. People will jump in the lake or a river or they're river rafting or kayaking and uh, will we'll run into that kind of problem. So watch for that. Uh, uh, if you're looking at uh, uh, climbers or people near the edge of taking photographs, so we said falls and slips are the most common injury while hiking accounting for nearly 50% of all hiking injuries and accidents uh, year-round uh, is uh, 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 related to that. And um, the ankle is by far the most uh, uh, injured joint uh, who... Um, uh, who or people who go out? It's uh, it is the ankle, and this is despite the fact that uh, people will have uh, purchased new uh, uh, boots, or uh, they have new shoes, and uh, they uh, step on a rock, uh, and it gets twisted anyway. And uh, there's not a lot of data to say that high uh, shoes, that is high top shoes, prevent ankle injuries uh, so much. They give people stability, and they give people the fortitude or the the strength and the will to go out, which is a good thing. But uh, the best way to prevent ankle injuries, of course, is just to watch your step. Make sure the rocks you step on are uh, good. Um, uh, if you, uh, it's interesting that about 40% of all hiking injuries are related to the ankle. But then the next one after that, about uh, 14% are uh, head injuries, which is interesting. Uh, a majority of elderly hikers who sustained a fall required emergency rescue uh, and a lot of that is assumed because of uh, a poor vision. So those are things that you uh, should watch out for. But related to hiking, besides falls and slips, drowning, heat illness is a major concern, especially if you're hiking in uh, desert areas around the world where the uh, temperature can get above uh, 40 degrees centigrade and 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, remember to uh, make sure you're getting a lot of water in those areas and shade. And uh, heat, heat illness is rather easy to uh, watch for. First signs are headache, nausea, dizziness, and cramping. And making sure that you're not just getting water, but you're getting uh, sodium in there too. And dehydration is, uh, is a big problem. So plenty of water or uh, sports drinks to make sure you're uh, bringing back um, the uh, electrolytes. And headache and dark-colored urine, lightheadedness and fatigue are sure signs of dehydration. And so watch your urine and make sure that it remains clear and that you're getting enough water and electrolytes uh, in there. And you should, uh, there are some rules of thumb are two to three liters of liquid per day while hiking or more if you're hot and you're sweating a lot. And another thing just to uh, watch out for is sunburn. Um, uh, sunburn is a very common hiking injury, especially in the summer months uh, in the northern hemisphere uh, and in the summer summer hemisphere when you're outside. But remember also it's in the snow and uh, water and snow increase the risk of getting um, uh, uh, sunburn. And anytime you're in the sun, you should have sunscreen on. And while it doesn't completely uh, prevent sunburn, 
nor does it completely prevent the risk of getting skin cancer. It does reduce the risk for both of those. So anytime you're in the sun, even if it's just going to be for minutes, especially if water and snow are involved, uh, because uh, it helps to uh, uh, prevent those. It doesn't prevent, but it certainly does get rid of the risk. It helps with the risk factors. Be very careful with blisters and make sure you're uh, 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 watching for uh, that. Um, but uh, hiking is a generally very safe activity. Uh, and uh, just make sure you've got good boots and uh, that you wear, uh, wear your shoes in to make uh, uh, sure those help. Now, there, now there's uh, so that they're uh, help, not a, a hindrance to you. One last comment, and then uh, is the, and that is uh, trekking poles. We did a lot of uh, work on that. Uh, they can prevent falls, but uh, there's no data to support that they do stop falling. But what they do is give a lot of people who have poor balance the the confidence and the ability to go out. So make sure that if you like trekking poles, uh, uh, that uh, you have them, and to people who want them because they really can help. This ends this podcast on getting ready for the outdoors as the season changes. Thank you for listening.